So these days we are talking about Islamic philosophy, theology, history, starting with the life of Prophet Muhammad. In the previous podcast, I talked about the beginnings, how he was born and some stories about his early childhood. Today, moving on, we'll talk about what happens next. And as I've told you for this podcast, this series, I'm taking the help of few books. One of them is Ibn Ishaq's biography of Prophet Muhammad. One is the book called The First Muslim by Leslie Hazelton. And today I'm also using a book called Islam, a graphic guide written by Ziauddin Sardar and Zafar Abbas Malik. So let's come back to where we were. We were in the childhood of Muhammad and we know he was being looked after by a foster mother. And when he was six years old, his mother died. As you know, his father had already died a few weeks before his birth. And when he was around eight years old, his grandfather, he also died. The young Muhammad was now looked after by Abu Talib, his paternal uncle. Abu Talib was a generous but poor man. So Muhammad had to earn his livelihood from a tender age. He was thus unable to learn how to read or write. Let's talk about the settings a little bit. Makkah, much like today's times, it was a desert city. Its main distinction, just like today's times, was the Kaaba, the house dedicated to the one God and built under divine inspiration by Prophet Abraham. The majority of Makkah's inhabitants were idol worshippers. Mecca functioned as a city-state governed by a council of ten hereditary tribal chiefs with clear division of power. The most powerful of Meccan tribes was the Quraysh, the tribe of Muhammad. The city's inhabitants were poor but generous people. They loved poetry, they loved war, and they were fiercely loyal to their tribes and their gods. While the city had no natural resources of its own, it was an active commercial center. Foreign traders brought their goods to be sold in the local market. And eventually, Muhammad also became a trader and he accompanied Abu Talib on business trips to Palestine and Syria. One day, a trader from Yemen was cheated of his goods by a group of Meccans. When the trader asked for help, no one came to his support. 
So he wrote a satirical poem and recited it aloud for all to hear. When Zubair, one of Muhammad's uncles, he heard the poem, he felt great remorse. He felt so bad that he called a meeting of city's elders and established an order of chivalry with the declared aim of protecting the oppressed of the city or the foreign visitors. Young Muhammad, he became an enthusiastic member of this organization which was called Hilfal Fudul. Later he would say, I'm not give up, I'm not prepared to give up the privilege of being a member even against a herd of camels, which was a lot of value back then. So he said, if somebody should appeal to me even today by virtue of that pledge, I shall hurry to his help. So that was the pledge he made and it really stuck with him throughout his life. There was a lot of talk around about Muhammad's wisdom. He often helped inhabitants of Mecca to settle their disputes. Once the Kaaba caught fire and was burned to the ground. When it was rebuilt, all the tribes of Mecca took part in its construction. But when it came to fixing the sacred black stone in the wall, a quarrel arose amongst the Meccan leaders because everyone wanted to have the honor of fixing the stone. Finally, they agreed to select a judge from amongst them and abide by his ruling. The judge was Muhammad and his solution to the problem saved the honor of all concerned. He spread a white sheet on the ground, placed the black stone in the middle and asked the tribal leaders of Mecca to hold the sheet and carry the stone to its site. Muhammad then fixed the stone in its place. It was his integrity, honesty and wisdom that earned Muhammad the title of Alameen or the trustworthy. And then we get to the time of his first marriage. He was 25 when one day his uncle Abu Talib said to him, I am a man of scanty means and truly the times are hard. Now there is a caravan of your own tribe about to start for Syria and Khadija, daughter of Khuwalid, is in need of the services of men of our tribe to take care of her merchandise. If you offer yourself for the enterprise, she would readily accept it. To which Muhammad said, Be it as you say. And he started working for her. His courtesy, honesty and devotion to his work earned the admiration of the widowed Khadija. So impressed she was with the young Muhammad that she proposed marriage. Muhammad accepted and at 40 she was, although 14-15 years older than him, the two got married. The life of Muhammad as a married man goes on for the next many years until the time we get to the point of 
the revelations of Quran, about which I will talk about in the next podcast.